Thanks for joining us today on the Harvest Podcast. Now here's today's message. We pray that it will bless your life as you listen. If you got your Bibles, turn with me to the book of St. Luke chapter 5. I'll be reading out of the old King James Version. I like it because it's so poetical. And the reason why most people cannot quote the Amplified, because they take a long time. There's a lot of words in the Amplified, Lord Jesus. St. Luke chapter 5. I want to talk today about increase is not an accident. It's an association. Who are you associated with? If you have anything substance, it's not by accident. And I want to deal with this increase, and I want to show you something that I believe you're going to be blessed by. St. Luke chapter 5, verse 1, it says, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gazinaret, and he saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were going out of them and were washing their nets. Notice the nets, plural. He entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now, everyone look at me. Jesus has come walking up on the beach. Everybody started looking at him because he was very popular. And they wanted him to speak, say something. So he asked Peter for his boat. So in a sense, Peter's boat was a seed into Jesus' life right there. He said, can I use your boat for a second? Thrust out. Why? Jesus was very smart about sound. When you're on the water, it's a great acoustic thing. So everyone could hear it. Because your voice bounces off the water and hits back the beach. That's why you can hear a hurricane coming. Because of the water. Now notice the next verse. Verse 4. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon. Now watch this. This is all he said. He's only spoken to Simon. Launch out into the deep and let down your nets, plural, for a catch. That's all he said. Peter, let down your nets for a catch. Pretty simple. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night. Look at me. He didn't ask him how long he'd been working. He didn't say anything about how long you've been working. There's an excuse. All Jesus said was, let down your nets for a catch. But you don't understand, Master. We've been working all night. Well, whoopie do. I translate that translator. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Watch that. He, he didn't ask it. He, he, we always give God so much information that he didn't ask for. He said, Master, we have toiled all night. Then he says this, and have taken nothing. Or in other words, I'm a fisherman. You're a carpenter. I know how to fish. This is not the time right now to be fishing a fish in this lake right now. Now notice Jesus just looking at him. Because God ain't changing his mind. That may not be good English, but it makes good sense. He says, just looking at it. Master, we've told all night, and we've taken nothing. That ain't changing Jesus' mind. Finally, he sees that, and he goes, okay. Nevertheless, at thy word, notice not Jesus, at Jesus' word, not his word. He don't want to do this. He's been working all night. He's tired. He's trying to go home. Mama cooking breakfast. He's trying to get out of there. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. So now that's disobedience. He didn't tell him to let down a net. He told him to let down his nets. 
Now, if your translation says net on both sides, it's wrong because the original says nets. Now, watch this. Watch what happens when you obey something, even though you don't understand it. And when they had done this, verse 6, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. Look at me. See, if you don't do what God said, if you use your apparatus to get your harvest instead of the apparatuses that God wants you to use, your net's going to break. That's why God can't bless people with 36 and 100 fold. They say, well, that's just too much. Since when you know about too much? But notice this. He figures he knows what he's doing. He said, there ain't no fish in this. We don't want to get out of here. We'll clean it. We don't want to clean up these nets. So he, he just puts down an old nasty net. Now the harvest is breaking the net. Notice verse 7 is one of the most phenomenal verses in the Bible. Look what it says this. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship. So that tells me Peter had a fishing business. That they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. See, God's always more than enough. When Simon Peter saw it, verse 8, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. So he realized that Jesus, he didn't do what Jesus said. He sinned with Jesus looking at him. Have you ever done that? Don't answer that question. <laughs> Why? Verse 9, for he was astonished and all that were with him at the catch of the fishes which they had taken. Verse 10. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth you shall catch men. The problem with the church world, we've become keepers of aquariums instead of fishers of men. We're like our own little spot. We don't want that to be disturbed. You know, it's kind of like your own pew. You ever notice when you go to a church, you sit always in the same place. It seems like your butt is better there. <laughs> Excuse my French. Right? Don't get mad at him. I'm getting out of town this afternoon. Sorry. Be right. and, and somebody sits in your place, that kind of aggravates you. Like, Excuse me. You see, we like our own little situation. You see what I'm saying? Now watch this. We've become keepers of aquariums instead of fishers of men. People ask me, why do you preach so much? Why do you go so much? Because the Lord said, go to the world and preach the gospel. I've had people say, when are you going to retire? Do I look tired? <laughs> oh, have y'all noticed I've lost some weight? Well, say something about it. <laughs> Come on, no, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just joking. So watch this. Now watch this, you have to understand this. Jesus did not talk to anyone on that place other than Peter. He looked at Peter and gave him a prophetic word. Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. That's it. He didn't talk to anybody on the beach about that. He just simply said one word of that phrase to Peter. Remember the title of the sermon. Increase is not an accident. This is an association. Now watch this. When he had done this, he saw the amount of harvest that's happening. That's the 30, the 60, the 100 fold, the 1,000 times. Ready? Watch this. He calls his partners. Hey, y'all come help me. 
They waiting for Peter to get off the boat to go home. Now watch this. Jesus never said a word to his partners. He simply said a phrase to Peter. Launch out into the deep, let down your nets for a catch. So his partners run over there to help Peter. Oh, here come a revelation now. Watch it. They're not expecting to get anything. They're coming to help Peter with his blessing. All of a sudden, their boats get full of fish. They get the same thing that Peter got. They weren't expecting that. They didn't didn't put the nets down. The fish were jumping in their boats. There was no nets. They were on the beach clean. You see, they got the same blessing that Peter got. Watch this. And Jesus never said a word to them. Why? Why did they get a blessing? Because you see, Peter was connected to Jesus. Jesus was connected to Peter. Peter was connected to his partner or to James and John, sons of Zebedee. They get the same blessing. If you are partnered in my ministry, anything God tells me, you get it too. Somebody shout somebody. Do you see that? They didn't ask for nothing. They were going to help with Peter's blessing. They weren't expecting anything, but because it wasn't an accident that Peter knew Jesus, they got the same blessing. If I get a great word of knowledge or a great prophecy, every partner of mine gets the same exact thing because you see, it's not an accident. It's an association. How do I know that? Everything that Jesus had, I have. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. I shocked you right there. Everything, all power and authority was given to him. I'm going to shock you. Grab your pew. All power and authority has been given to you. When will you use the power of attorney to use the name of Jesus? Not in a religious way, but in a faith, glory, God, a power-packed, punching way. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They got the same blessing. See, you got to understand, anything that happens to me, my daughter gets blessed for it because she's my biological daughter and my biological granddaughter. Why? Why? Because you see, it's not an accident. It's an association. Write this down if you're taking notes. God has a longing in his heart to lift mankind to a higher level. The church world has tried to suppress us. God's trying to lift us up. All God want to do is bless you. When are we going to let God do what he wants to do? Instead of worried about someone else's experience. See, Peter gave Jesus his experience. We've taught all tonight. We've taken nothing. Jesus said, I don't, it ain't got nothing to do with me. Just let down your net for a catch, boy. Don't that sound like a parent talking to a child? Listen, son, it's time for y'all to go to bed. Y'all need to go to bed. Y'all got to go to school. But you know kids go, you know kids can't sleep unless they've been beat twice. You got to threaten them. Boy, I'll tell you what, what? Don't make me, I'm going to come up there and kill all of y'all. They don't want, you don't want any excuse. When you, work, when you girls want to go out to the mall and shop, you don't want no excuse. You don't want no husband going, oh, oh Jesus. No, you want your husband, you want to tell your husband, let the Lord lead me. Just let the Lord lead me. <laughs> Which is okay. See, write this down. Your future increase is determined in proportion to your faith. Your future increase is determined in proportion to your faith. 
Whatever you receive is, is determined by the proportion of faith you use. Now, let me help everybody. You have not been given a measure of faith. You have been given the measure of faith. Now, how much of the measure of faith are you going to exercise? Now, I want everybody to look at me. Do you know I have all the same muscles in my body right now as Mr. America and Mr. Universe? What you laughing at, Michael? Now, how come you can't see them? Why? I have every muscle that man has. Why come you can't see them? Because I don't work them like he does. Right? But I have every muscle that he has. The difference is he works his and I go to a restaurant. <laughs> it's the truth. It's the truth. I know y'all still can't get over that. You got to see it by faith. <laughs> your future increase is determined in proportion to your faith. You got to understand that. I've had people get so mad at me. Oh, they get mad at me because I'm a blessed man. Oh, Lord. Who did he think he is? I've had them say, who do you think you are? I said, sit your ugly self down. I'm going to tell you who I am. <laughs> Since you want to know, and I quote scripture in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was out form and void and darkness is on the face of the deep and the spirit of the Lord God moved upon the waters and God said, let's make Jesse. <laughs> hey, glory God. let's make him in our image. Woo! And I, how many of y'all want to know what God looks like? Hold your hand up. Look. I'm made in his image. So are you. Each and every one of you. See, because God doesn't create junk. So if you don't think much of yourself, you better start thinking good of yourself because he doesn't create junk. See, you as a receiver must have the assurance of what God says about you. It's not cockiness in me. I'm just assured that God's going to do what he said. Yeah, but suppose he don't. Well, suppose he does. What you going to do if he don't? What you going to do if he does? All I'm doing is giving your doubt back to you. Do you see that? You as a receiver must have clear assurance of what God says about you. Why? Because when God bestows favor, he continues it. You know why I haven't had a financial deficit all these years in ministry? I didn't believe for it. You know how many people told me, well, now I want to tell you something, son. You're going in the ministry. Things are going to get tough. That didn't mean I didn't have tough times. But I like an old Texas statement, tough times don't last, tough people do. I just made up my mind, bless God, this is what God said, that's what I'm going to do. Now that is, that's so simple you need a good theologian to help you misunderstand it. Because he's going to give you his experience or her experience instead of giving you what Jesus said. A lot of times my experiences were not what Jesus said, so my experiences were wrong. Thank you for that Holy Ghost grunt. You see, I'm going to believe what Jesus said. Some people say, I don't believe in the rapture. I say, stay here. <laughs> we didn't want you to go to heaven anyway. <laughs> That's what you're thinking about. You know? No, well, stay here. See, you can't have anything you, you can't believe. You can't even please God without faith. Papa said it's impossible. You know what? <laughs> let, let me just say this. This will help you. You know, <laughs> 
We love it when we get blessed. We love it when the manifestation comes. You know what God loves? He likes the chase. He loves the faith part. And maybe you hadn't got your manifestation yet, and God said, look at my boy. <laughs> Is he believing something? Look at this boy. Or look at my girl. Oh, boy, that girl believing something. That just blesses God. You get blessed when the manifestation comes. He gets blessed when you are operating toward the manifestation with the faith of God in your life. Ooh, that's good stuff. Now, let me show you this. Turn with me to the book of Genesis, chapter 12. Y'all enjoying this? I'm going to do a little teaching, a little pastoral this morning. Genesis chapter 12. Now, how many of y'all know you're the seed of Abraham? Hold your hand up. I want to know if you know that. You are. Did y'all see me the other day? I was on Sid Roth. It's supernatural. Did anybody see that? He said, yes, I'm Jewish. I said, so am I. He said, you are. I said, yeah, I'm adopted. <laughs> I've been put in a family. He said, oh, yeah. I said, you made me an offer. I couldn't refuse. Now, Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Now, the Lord said unto Abram. That's before he's Abraham. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Now, the Lord said unto Abram, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred. Look at me. How many of you would love for God to tell you to get away from your family? Because <laughs> uh, everybody got somebody in the family. You know. Are they coming for Thanksgiving? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Always troublemaking. Always something wrong. Just, you know, you know. He says, now the Lord said unto Abraham, Genesis 12, verse 1, get thee out of thy country from thy kindred, from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. Whoa. God didn't even tell him where he was going. He said, just get out of town. And I will make, verse 2, I will make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee. And make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Now, verse 3, I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. Now, this is where we come into it. And in thee shall, how many families? All families of the earth be blessed. Now, the problem with the church world, they always quote, he'll bless you, he'll bless those that bless you. They forget the other side of the coin. They don't like to talk about the other side of the coin. And I will curse them that curse thee. See, Mike, I, I, I preach both sides of the coin. So, you know, when you're on television a lot and you got a little finance and you're flying a corporate jet, I mean, you got the Senate Finance Committee, you got the IRS, you got everybody looking at you, people mad at you. And I say, I said, let me tell you something. <laughs> and every time I say that, cat said, you sound like the mob. <laughs> well, I was raised with the mob. <laughs> you understand? I said, let me tell you something. You mess with me. You curse me, God will curse you. You better get your tongue off of me. You understand? Because you don't make an offer, you don't refuse. <laughs> That's the other side of the coin. And they backed off. The Senate Finance Committee backed off. I said, let me tell you something. I'm the government. You work for me. You forgot that? <laughs> Look at y'all. Okay. <laughs> Listen to me. You forget who you are. When you forget who you are is when you're taken advantage of. I will bless those that bless you, and I preach that. My God. But I will curse those that curse you. That's why it's not right for you to put your tongue on anyone. That's God's business. You see what I'm saying? Now, sometimes we all get in the flesh. 
There was one guy I didn't want to pray for. I said, Lord, you believe in healing? I'm going to give you some work. <laughs> I'm going to hurt this boy, and then you can heal him. But, and that's wrong to do that. You can't do that. That's wrong to do those things. You watch it. He said, I will bless those that bless you and curse those that curse you. See, a lot of times Christians have been, we were supposed to be whimsy pansy. Oh, damn, just let the devil just beat our brains out. And everybody else, wrong. Wrong. Uh-uh, you don't want nobody hitting your kids? God don't want nobody hitting his kids. Mm, mm, mm. See, increase by association has observation in it and conviction of feeling in it. See, it's not an accident that you increase. I'm going to say something going to sound cocky, and it's not. It's just simply the truth. Just because I came here this morning, you're going to get blessed. God's going to put accounting angels on assignment. Mark my words, son. It is on me. Don't get mad at me. It ain't my fault. It's on me. It's on me. I have to watch what I say because I get it. I, I, I'm serious as I can be about that. Why? Because I'm not believing something that I don't want. Why do I want to believe for something that I don't want? Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's kind of crazy. I mean, we could have crashed a plane coming over, but we didn't want to. <laughs> do you, if you think, oh, you want to jump on my case, a preacher might have a little money. Do you know who, Gary, who picked me up, which is Terry's husband, <laughs> he says this, you ain't going to believe who just landed before you. My pilots told me there's a plane right on, under us. I said, well, how, how far under us are they? <laughs> He, he was on there. We were coming into Oklahoma City like this. So he was, he was like, I think, 2,000 feet or 1,000 feet lower. Like, like, and what Oklahoma, uh, the, the, the people did, they turned us like this. They turned him, and then they turned up. They made us go around, past Oklahoma City, the seaport, turn us around so we could come like this. We saw him land. Saw the smoke on the tires. I, I never thought nothing about it until I got out the plane. And Gary says, look over there. And they want to get mad at preachers. They were flying horses. <laughs> Gary said, look at, look at the, the equine, first class equine, equ, what do they call it, equine? Is that how you say that about horses, equine? <laughs> Ask Gary. <laughs> he said he would just roar. Good God about it, man. You, you know how much money must take to fly a horse? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And you mad at me? And the jet was way bigger than mine. <laughs> and you know, and I don't care. That show beats running Oklahoma City. <laughs> I'm glad the horse got to fly. I, can you, you know what it takes to get a horse off a plane? To get him on a plane? Him or her, whatever she may be? And you want to you get mad at prosperity? And the horse is eating good on the plane. First class, hey. Which is okay with me. I don't care. And they let the horse land first. <laughs> Ask Gary. You tell you, it's the wildest thing we ever saw. Good Lord. Increased by association and observation. We observe that them horses are doing pretty good. But yeah. mm -hmm. Jesse, how do I get that? You got to leave traditional views. Write this down for taking notes. You must leave your traditional views and sentiments concerning your increase. 
because your tradition of you says, give and don't expect nothing in return and barely get by. And that's totally wrong. Jesus never got barely, never to get barely by. Uh-uh, uh-uh. But the Bible said he became poor, that through his poverty we might become rich. What does that word, you, do you understand? Jesus never struggled to lick financially. He wasn't hurting, and you don't gamble for rags. They gamble for his robe. You gamble to get something better than what you have, right? So dang, ain't nobody going to gamble for a busted up robe piece of trash. Poverty, man, when you leave heaven to come to earth, that's poor. Because you got gold streets, diamond, barrel, jasper, onyx, ruby, pearly gates. Jesus, man, what you going to do when you get to heaven? And you can't find a trailer. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the angel take you to this mansion. You go, oh, I can't live in I can't pay that. It's already paid for. And my father's house are many what? What makes a house a mansion? One word, big. When's the last time you saw a mansion trailer? <laughs> now, you might have seen a double wide, but you ain't seen no mansion trailer. And there ain't nothing wrong with trailers. I was raised in trailers. I am trailer trash. That's what they call it, trailer trash. If you live in trailers, you're trailer trash. See, increase has a voice that speaks very loud. Let me hurry up here. Increase has a voice that speaks very loud. Go with me to Genesis chapter 30 real quickly. You know, Mike, I forgot to give you those, ver those scriptures for you Spanish people. Genesis chapter 30. Y'all pray for the Spanish translator. He's needing help. Now, you turn to Genesis chapter 30. There's Abraham, there's Isaac, now there's Jacob. Now, Jacob, his elevator don't go to the top too much. Jacob, I mean, do the Lord. Good business guy. Slick Willie. I mean, he hurt you, man. He steal, you, steal from you in a second. But he don't think, be, I'm going to prove this to you. He, he gets married to a woman. <laughs> he goes in there to consummate this marriage, but he forget to turn on the light. <laughs> turn on the light, fool. He wakes up the next morning and finds out that he's got the ugly sister. Because <laughs> he didn't turn the light on. But here, ladies, let me help you out. You hear all these guys said, well, the reason why I messed up with another woman because, you know, she's so much better than you are. That's a lie. Because when the light's out, <laughs> he thought he had Rachel. It don't make, a woman is a woman no matter what, where, how, and that's a lie. Now when he finds out, oh, Lord. <laughs> so you had to work another seven years for Rachel. I always tell people, turn the light on. You can cut it off later, but make sure that's the person you're looking at. Now his father-in-law, Laban, he's a heathen himself. But look what, look at this. I want to show you, increase is not an accident. It's an association. Watch this. Genesis chapter 30, verse 26. Give me my wives and my children. This is Jacob talking. For whom I have served thee, and let me go. For thou knowest my service, which I have done thee. And Laban said unto him, I pray thee, 
if I have found favor in thine eyes, tarry. Watch this. For I have learned by what? Experience that the Lord had done what? Bless me for thy sake. Now, if a heathen recognizes increase is not an accident, how come the Christian can't? Laban recognizes it because of Jacob, I'm a wealthy man. See, because I've learned by experience, buddy, everything you touch, I prosper. See, increase is not an accident. It's an association. When I met Dan and Bonnie Schaefer, all them years ago, I had brown hair. In the early, early 80s, I realized, I did not know that God would create a covenant between me and Dan and Bonnie and the Schaefers. I was going to preach a service because J. Dom George, which was Dan's, one of Dan's best friends, I think, said, you ought to have this kid. I met Dan Schaefer. We immediately bonded. And they were such a phenomenal couple. He was so tall and she was so small. <laughs> and y'all may have remembered us talking. We start calling each other twins. Y'all remember that? He said, he, he would say, I'm, how, how tall was your father? Six, six? Yeah, he said, I'm six, six and Jesse's five foot 13. Trying to help me out here a little bit. Praise God, you know. But we, I found that we liked a lot of the same things. We thought a lot. He, I always thought he was more intelligent than I was. And he didn't think so, but I, I, I believe that. But what he couldn't get over one time, he went to my, uh, <laughs> my book and tape table. And I said, Dan, are you thirsty? He said, yeah, a little bit. I said, you like Perrier water? He said, oh, yeah. I said, get, get, get past the period. He said, you got Perrier water at your tape and book table? I said, yeah. He said, now that's prosperity. <laughs> I said, really? He said, yeah. And I just couldn't get over. And we just clicked. Clicked. And he was, he was very, had a great sense of humor. But I'm going to tell you something. When he came to seriousness about the gospel, he knew the gospel. God put us together all those years. It was amazing. We never, had, we never had one crossword between each other all those years. I preached every year, sometimes twice a year. Uh, uh, he, he, he went on a cruise ship with me. Now, he's trying to make me preach. He wanted to make me laugh while I'm preaching. And he smiles at me sitting in front, and his teeth lit up. <laughs> Red, blue, green. Now, I'm going, what? <laughs> and, and Bonnie's trying to pull his teeth out the mouth. and all this kind of, We had a wonderful time. We enjoyed each other. But I learned from him, just by being associated with Dan, back then, I increased automatically in my thinking, in my clothes. He took me to places. He said, yeah. now he always believed in a good deal. He used to say, I think you're Jewish, Dan. Because Dan liked to cut a deal, you understand? He cut a deal on a steak if they let him. I mean, how much is it? $24. I'll give you $15.95. What do you think? 
Ben was a smart businessman, shrewd businessman. See, but he was a conservative investor, very conservative. And I learned something, see, and I spotted that on him. Now, I believe, I may be wrong in this. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think he's the first church that ever build a church of 6,000 people, 6,000 seats on the tour, and did it debt-free. Am I correct, Mike? That was unheard of. That just did not happen. It was amazing. So you have a great heritage. That's why it's called harvest. Do you see what I'm saying? So when you understand that increase as a voice that speaks very loudly, your association with it proves your devotion to God. Let me say this in close. Blessing does not impoverish the Lord. You will not make God go broke asking him for things. How do I know that? The Lord says, ask anything to the Father in my name. That will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Now, what glorifies the Father? You asking in Jesus' name. You don't hear that at church. They think, oh, you just greeted. No, no. You're glorifying God. Then Jesus says this. This is in red. Blinking, boy. If you shall ask anything in my name. Now, what does anything mean to you people? Anything, right? He says, I will do it. Now, are you mad at me because I believe that? I'm not mad at you. I want you blessed. Spiritually, physically, and financially, every area. If you're a retired individual, you ought to be living better now than you did when you was working. But most of the time you can't because you're on a, quote, fixed income. Look like you need a fix. Got to fix that. Because that's limitation. I'll say this in close. <laughs> I guess I'm getting older. I don't know. I'm, I'm growing older, but I'm not aging. Okay, I got three people to believe that. Glory to God. <laughs> I heard Kenneth Copeland say that, and I kind of like that. He said, I'm, I'm growing older, but I'm not aging. You know, you, you, obviously, you know, Brother Kenneth Copeland will be 81 years old on, in December. Don't look at it, does it? He don't dye his hair. I mean, I, I, I'm a person from he, he stays in my house, I stay at his house. But you know what? That's what he believes. My skin sags more than his. <laughs> He's way older than I am. I'm not in my 80s by no means. I'm not even in my 70s. I'm 68. I look older because see, it's a little loose. <laughs> it's loose. It's loose. Well, what, you going to fix it? No, I heard that hurts. I don't want to do that. I've had enough pain in my life. I ain't doing that kind of stuff. Well, I better not say not. I don't know. Because I don't know what it is. Uh, the people, when I sound in private, people love me. And there's two, there's two plastic surgeons in California, very good. They call me all the time. They say, you know, you need a little work. <laughs> in fact, a kid asked me that day. He said, you know, but Jesse, you cool. He's 14 years old. You cool, but Jesse. I said, well, thank you. He said, but well, why do you wear that tie? I said, to keep this from hitting my chest. Just keeps it up there. Just kind of helps it. Push it up there, praise God. Just keep it going. Watch it. Michael, they'll do it for free. They said, listen, won't tell nobody. I don't care. They wouldn't make no difference. I tell them, I could care less. We said, you know, we'll take this and pull this up like this. You mean I'll look like I've been in a hurricane? <laughs> I thought, you know what? I like myself. No, I, I'm not a young man like I was before. 
I didn't want to tell you this though, but I would just have to tell you. Just do it slow. Kathy is always concerned about me, Mike. I don't like doctors. I like doctors as people, but I don't like them because they, they got nakedness on their mind. You've heard me say it a hundred times. They got nakedness on their mind all the time. It's just constantly. I mean, you go to a doctor, say my throat hurt. Take your pants off. No, don't. No. <laughs> I, I, just, just, right? Am I telling the truth? They will strip you down as soon as look at you. Look at some of the young people. So Kathy asked me, she said, when's the last time you had that prostate thing uh, checked? I said, what is that? She told me, I said, if God put it in the back, I've never seen it. Why does anybody else want to see it? <laughs> I think that makes sense to me. And besides, I don't like that. I had to go to a new doctor. I said, I had no long. She said, you need to check that every year. So I said, all right. So I went and they made an appointment to this doctor. It's going to blow your socks off. So I go and he, 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 he says, he said, Reverend, I watch your program all the time. I went, oh, Lord. Good. <laughs> I said, well, you like it? Oh, yeah, yeah. I really like it. He said, I love you home. Oh, you know, you know where I live. Okay, blah, blah, this and that. Make a long story short. I mean, as he's talking, I hear this, pow. I knew it was coming, buddy. And all of a sudden, you're singing Moon River. Moon River. Why? I don't like that. I don't like that. And he says this. He says, you know, you, you, he said, your prostate is so soft. It doesn't have any bump. I said, don't. You sound like you're enjoying this. Just get it over with, for God's sake. He said, good God. You in perfect condition. I said, thank you. He said, now, Reverend, I'm going to send my nurses in because you're a new patient of mine. and We have to get some uh, information on you. I said, my God, you already know everything by now. What more information you want? You know what I'm saying? I said, all right. So here comes the head nurse and two other nurses, and they all know me. Oh, Reverend, we just love you, program. I said, thank you very much. <laughs> she said, would you like to sit down? No, no, I don't want to sit down right now. <laughs> I just, you know. She said, we have to ask, get some family history, and then we've got to ask you some things. I said, put it in the computer. All right. I don't know what I'm about. All of a sudden, she looks at me. She says, okay, give me my full name. She said, no, I have to ask you this. Are you sexually active? <laughs> I said, you have to ask my wife. She said, what? I said, you have to ask my wife. If she says I am, I am. <laughs> if she says I'm not, I'm no good. It's just trash. <laughs> because it all boils down to that woman. So <laughs> I don't care what that man says. I said, you call Kathy. They call Kathy. She said, he does fine. I had my lean back. What's up, baby? Hey, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> Lord, Lord. <laughs> Look at my man. It ain't got nothing to do with what that man said, son. You can hang it up. It don't work. It has everything to do with what that lady said. I said, can I ask you a question? Yeah, why do you need to know that? And she goes, I don't know. I'm, I'm just supposed to ask. I said, well, let me ask you. Are you sexually active? <laughs> she goes, I said, don't, don't get embarrassed. You just ask me. <laughs> she said, I get your point. I said, what good does that mean? It, 
but I guess they need to know. I don't know. I still can't figure it out medically. What good did that help you? So I'm about ready to walk out, and that doctor says, he said, Reverend, thanks for coming. He said, I'll see you next year. I said to myself, in your dream, Jack. <laughs> and Kathy said, you make that appointment. You need to, not, you should. I, I understand. I, I believe you need to be healthy. Misunderstand. I said, isn't there something? We've been to the moon. Can you figure something out better than this? But they, stand to your feet. Did you enjoy it this morning? You'll never forget that last story, that's for sure. <laughs> I know I kind of went over my time. I apologize for that. But to know Jesus is to love him. And I mean necessarily. I can say that by experience. When I did not know the Lord, I had a great void in me. I call it a big hole. Right I thought of God as the Holy Roman Catholic Church. I was raised that way. I was raised Catholic until my mother and father got saved and became a Baptist and then became Pentecostals, Assembly of God. Now, that's confusion. When you go from a Catholic to a Baptist to a Pentecostal, you don't know what to believe. You go from a 28-minute service, that's a mass, to an hour service, that's a Baptist. Then when you get to the Assembly, so you get to the Pentecost, ain't no telling when you're going home. And people don't know when to quit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's true. Wow, it's just the truth. I'm going to ask you today two things. One, do you know Jesus or do you know about him? You see, I knew about God. I was taught some things, but I didn't know God. That's such a vast difference. That's an ocean between those two statements. To know about God and to know God. And to know God, the only way you're going to know him is to form a relationship, but, not, but you don't just stop there. You form a fellowship. See, I formed a relationship with your dad, and that didn't last very long. We developed a relationship, and it went over not only to Dan and Bonnie, but to Mike and Starla, to all your kids, grandkids, everybody, and all that kind of stuff. You see what I'm saying? Terry and all. We formed something. What I love about Terry, me and she's a trekking. I love, I'm a trekking myself. Live long and prosper. I mean, y'all may not understand that because you ain't no trekkie. But once you understand that, I like that. It's to know God to this point. Hello, Jesus. Hi, Jesse. I like that. I'm going to ask you to meet him this morning. I'm not going to hold you long. I'm not going to even bring you forward. Because I've learned something. See, that's tradition. And there's nothing wrong with that. Don't misunderstand me. And it's, you, you, you can come forward if you want to. It's not this. My point is just to know him. Because you came into his house, you should walk out with him. So with every head bowed. If you'd like to know God instead of knowing about God. That's called getting saved for the very first time. Or maybe you're struggling with your Christianity. No, no, no. You're not backslidden to hell by no means. Temptations are getting the best of you. You got to repent for the same sin every day. How do I stop that, Brother Jesse? Well, that part of it is an old Pentecostal term called rededication. See, when you rededicate your life, you get so close to God that when the temptation comes, and it will, and it will, 
but because of your proximity to God, you're closer to God than you are the sin, you won't commit the sin. That's what I mean by being rededicated. But do you know the Lord? With every head bowed, every eye closed, I'd like to introduce you to Jesus. If you'd like to get saved for the first time, to know God instead of knowing about God, or you're struggling with your Christianity and you want that junk to stop by rededicating yourself to the Lord, would you lift your hand up? Every head bowed, please. Thank you, I see those hands. Thank you, I see your hand. Thank you in the back, I see your hand. Yes, ma'am, I see your hand. Yes, I see your hand in the back. Up in the balconies, I see your hand. Thank you. Can I see one more? Thank you, ma'am. Yes, yes, sir. In the back, I see your hand. Look at the people lifting their hands. What about up in the balcony way back there? I see your hand. Can I see one more? Don't miss my yes, sir. I see your hand. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you, ma'am. You may put your hand down. Thank you. I want everyone to look at me. I would never lie to you people. I've had so many people lie to me. I don't know why. I told the Lord, if you ever to do anything in my life, I would live this gospel. I have kept that promise. I've never had a scandal stalling my whole ministry. And I never will. Never. People say, Who? oh, I don't stand in my strength. I stand in the strength of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer of salvation. Now, you know what that means? See that man with that walker right there? Whenever we pray for salvation, healing comes also. Because it was all put on the cross. I'm going to say something going to shock you. The only person God ever made sick. So many people accused him that he's made a lot of people sick. The teachers, that's a lie. The only person, girls, that God ever made sick was Jesus Christ. He made him sick. On the cross, he had leprosy, cancer, diabetes, high blood pressure, crippling arthritis, the symptoms of old age. Everything that you can think of was put upon him. And the worst part of all that, in that suffering of sickness, was your sin. That God had to turn around, could not look at him. That's hard for a father to turn away from looking at his son. Think about that for a minute. And when Jesus said he's finished, the father was mad about that. The rocks rent, the earthquake. I'm going to tell you something that's happening there. That's who he made sick. So if you have a problem in your body, you have kidney problems, Jesus had kidney problems on that cross. Everything you could think of. Every temptation you were ever tempted with. Who? Oh, plus beat to one inch of his life that his bones showed, skin ripped off of him. Did that for you and washed you clean. That's what I love about Christianity. You're saved by grace, but not just because you got grace doesn't mean you can sin better. No, no. You don't take that to the extreme. Bow your heads and repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I ask you, come into my life. Forgive me of all my sin. I confess my sin before you this day. I denounce Satan and all his works. I confess Jesus as the Lord of my life. Thank you for saving me, for drawing me closer to who you are. I believe with my heart. I confess with my mouth that Jesus rose from the dead, that I am saved. I will no longer struggle with temptation of any kind. Lord Jesus, since I have accepted you by faith into my heart, thank you for the healing of my body. I thank you for it. I believe you for it. It is mine. I pray this prayer to the Father in the name of Jesus. Give the Lord a standing ovation.
you just got saved. 